Yo, welcome back to the show. We have a Q&A today. And without any further ado, let's just get right into these questions. All right, so first one we have is, how to know how many calories to add if you use cardio, cardio to eat more during a cut. All right, so all of this is based on the rate of loss that you're seeing. So when we work with an online client, everything is dictated on this desired rate of fat loss per week. So for most individuals, you're gonna be aiming to lose about 0.5 to 1% of body weight per week. So really like the most important thing here, the mistake that most people who don't have a coach are making, and like this is one of the most common things we correct with new online clients, is like, hey, I've been trying to lose fat, I've been trying to lose fat, I've been trying to lose fat, and we'll dig into, okay, so how are you tracking whether this is working or not? And it's typically like, uh, I'll maybe weigh myself like once to twice per week, right? So first and foremost, we need to have enough metrics in place to determine if you're actually making progress. Now, the scale is one of the factors that we do look at. So we will have clients weigh themselves a minimum three days per week, just so we can see a weekly average. And the reality is like, no matter what, and especially for women, weight is going to fluctuate a lot more. Most women, and this is somewhat impacted by like if you are on birth control and what type of birth control it might be, this can impact your um, weight fluctuation some. But for, okay, so for a woman who like that isn't going to be impacting this, this is kind of a different tangent, but for if that isn't going to be impacting your hormones, then which most births, most birth controls will, but we don't need to get into this. Um, <laughs> basically for most women, um, other factors not included, your hormones will look quite a bit different every single week of the month, right? And that will impact things like how much water you're holding every week. So thus, it can be very hard to dictate based on scale shifts alone, whether you're actually making progress or not. And sometimes we'll often take it to the point where, okay, we don't need to consider the scale that much, even like on a week to week basis, but rather this week of this month versus this week of last month, how has your weight shifted? Now, I'm not at all saying, okay, just to follow, follow the plan and hope that in a month you've gotten good results. But again, that's something to consider. So first and foremost, what I'm saying here is most people in a fat loss phase, even if you are taking your weight at least three days per week and looking at average, that is important, but that's not the only thing you should be looking at. We're also having clients take body measurements. We have clients take body measurements around the right bicep, the chest, two inches above the navel, at the navel, two inches below the navel, hips and thighs. Okay, so bringing it back to the metrics that we're looking for here when we're determining, are you losing at the appropriate rate or not? Typically, we're looking for about 0.5 to 1% of body weight loss per, per week, or at least a half inch loss from two or more measurement sites. That and the, um, the scale weight kind of give us an an all-inclusive picture of how things are changing. We'll also have clients take progress pictures weekly, typically weekly. Um, so from there, the thing about this is we'll often see with clients, I, I see this all the time with women specifically, we'll see, okay, 
Weight didn't change at all from last week to this week. But look at this, he lost a half inch here, he lost a half inch here, and a quarter inch from these three measurement sites. Okay, so he undoubtedly lost fat. We don't need to make any adjustments. But again, like compare that to how most of you are probably currently going about the fat loss process, where it's like, okay, I weighed myself once this week on, or once last week on Saturday, and I weighed myself again on Wednesday, and the scale hasn't shifted, or maybe the scale wasn't up. That's just not enough data to actually know if things are working or not. So first and foremost, you need to make sure you're tracking it enough to actually know if you are losing fat or not. Now, what I would say in this situation, <laughs> I know for me, I don't do this shit unless I have someone holding me accountable to it. So that in and of itself is like, if you struggle to just keep track of, to get yourself to keep track of all these metrics, hire the coach, it'll pay off massive dividends. But from there, the question is, okay, so how do I know how many calories I should add if I started introducing cardio. So basically I would dictate this depending on the rate of loss, right? So um, if we're gonna go about, and the thing here is I typically wouldn't add cardio with a client unless progress was stalled. So let's say that you are eating 1700 calories um, and it does appear that fat loss has stalled. Okay, from there, we determined that rather than decreasing calories, it would make more sense to push you towards this higher energy flux state where we want to keep you eating more, but also moving more because the state of high energy flux has been shown over and over to yield more positive adaptations. Um, basically, you can prevent some metabolic adaptation and we're also more likely to be able to build and or maintain more muscle mass when we're eating more, moving more versus eating less and moving less. So more and more with our clients as of late we're pushing towards this high energy flux state for those it is realistic with right so to bring it back okay we have this place where your fat loss is sold so thus we add in cardio um then from there we're just again looking at how are these metrics changing okay are are we all of a sudden seeing now you're losing quicker than one percent of body weight per week. Okay, let's go ahead and add in 100 calories on each of your training days, and we'll probably add those calories via carbohydrates, right? And, and again, the thing to understand here is, this isn't something we kind of just do willy-nilly. I don't think I've ever used that phrase before. I actually hate that phrase. But anyways, um, <laughs> this isn't something we just do at random. What I would do if you do want to add cardio, I would keep, because I'm assuming you're adding cardio, because you are um, wanting to not have to decrease calories more, but things have stalled. So what I would do is first and foremost, I would probably start by keeping macros the same and um, just see how like adding in two additional cardio sessions impacts your rate of loss, right? And if you're losing a little bit quicker or even if it's like, okay, I'm losing close to 1% of body weight per week and I'm okay with being closer to like 0 0.5 to 0.75% of body weight per week, I would really start by adding in, depending on your body size, 75 to 125 calories on your training days from carbohydrates. And again, like this depends on so many things, but I would first and foremost see how this impacts your rate of loss. Now, on the flip side, what I would say is if you're really in this place where like, okay, I am super hungry, I am going into this, adding cardio, and like right away I wanna be adding more food. Okay, then I would, I would take that same approach. Again, add 75 to 125, depending on your body size, calories per day via carbs. And then from this next week, across this next week, look at how that impacts 
your body measurements and your weight. And from there, basically you can dictate, okay, am I still losing at the appropriate rate? Cool, then I can keep things as they are. Am I losing a little bit quicker? Okay, maybe I can add more calories on my off days or eat even more on my training days, which if hunger isn't too high on the off days, that's probably what I would recommend just for better performance and recovery during your fat loss phase. But that's really how I would go about it. Next question we have is strategies for periods when you've lost your enthusiasm for lifting. All right, so a couple things here. First and foremost, what I would say is I found with myself and with clients, one of the most motivating things ever is the most motivating thing is progress, right? So honestly, I would assume if you assume that if you've lost the fire for your lifting, you're probably not making measurable progress. And honestly, here I would say the best thing you can do is again hire a coach. I know for me, like I just got my training program today, my next phase. I'm so fucking stoked. Like I'm really debating training today versus tomorrow when I'm supposed to train because I'm so fired up to start my next phase, right? And from all the progress I've seen. And this is the case for all our clients as well. So many people start with us in the same position where, and it is a lot of coaches like, hey, I love writing programs for other people, but within my own training, I'm just burnt out. Um, I would say the second thing here is similarly is you're not bought in to your programming. When you can see okay, I am fully bought into this. I completely understand how this will change my physique. This will help me create the best body I've ever had. It's so easy to just be like, fuck, okay, I'm stoked to do this. I'm ready, let's get it. Um, and that's a huge piece of it as well. And again, like what I would say is, this is basically turning into a plug for coaching. It doesn't have to be me or Andrea or our team, but I would really, again here, if you aren't, if you've lost that drive to change your physique or you don't, really more than anything, I think this comes from, like the most common scenario here is when people have read a ton of blogs, listened to a ton of podcasts, they're trying to create their own program. But the problem there is oftentimes, still because it's something that you created, you're constantly second guessing, you're constantly, okay, well, this study said that this amount of volume is superior to this amount of volume, so I'm gonna change this in my program this week. And I saw this movement on Instagram, so I'm gonna change this. But you're constantly second guessing, you never really have enough buy-in into what you created for yourself to actually follow through with it. And you're in this place of like, well, I don't know for certain that what I'm doing is gonna work. So thus you're not really excited. You don't really follow through with it. And again, like that is so much for the power of having a coach. That is exactly why, even as someone who knows a shit ton about training and nutrition myself, I still always have a coach because I stay so much more bought in. I stay so much more fired up about the process than if I am creating this for myself as odd as that sounds and i know a lot of coaches coaches listening you can probably fully relate to that and then the final thing i would say is for me and for most clients i found it's very helpful to also consider how you'll feel one how you want to feel after the session right because the reality is you're not always going to be motivated to go to all your training sessions to push yourself in all your training sessions it's just human nature right like we can't rely on motivation. I think the most helpful thing to consider is how you'll feel at the end of the day. And then also think about how you want to feel three months from now, six months from now, right? Like the person you are three months from now, six months from now, the physique you have is 100% a product of the actions that you take today, right? Like we like to sit here and think about or daydream about, okay, this version of me that I'm going to be six months from now they are going to be like way more jacked than I am right now. They're gonna be so disciplined and motivated. 
But the reality is like you are responsible for acting like to become that person. You have to start acting like that person. Right. And that person would probably train to, I'm assuming to have the physique you want. That person is probably going to be consistently training and pushing themselves hard. Right. So the thing here is we have to act like that person today to become this person, because all, otherwise you're going to spend years and years and years always daydreaming. OK, well, in six months, I'm going to be this person, but I just don't feel like training today. So like, yeah, I'll, I'll start soon. Right. Like that person in six months, I'm going to be is going to be that person. But like, that's bullshit. That's not going to happen unless you act. So first and foremost, I would say like or finally, I should say not first and foremost, don't rely on motivation. You have to look at it from this perspective of how does the person that I want to be act today? Are they relying on this motivation or will they suck it up and train regardless? And that would really be my advice there. Next we have, does reversing take your calories above maintenance calories? So basically what they're asking is, does reverse dieting take your calories above your maintenance calorie intake? Okay, so here, the thing to understand is your maintenance calories are in flux. There is kind of this fundamental misunderstanding about reverse dieting. And if you don't feel like you have a solid grasp on reverse dieting, highly, highly, highly recommend that you go back a couple episodes and check out the episode that I recorded with Brandon DeCruz, where we talk through reverse dieting to prevent body fat overshooting, because this is such a deep dive into reverse dieting. But the thing here is, your maintenance calories are constantly in flux. Every single day, your maintenance calories are gonna be at least slightly different. Your maintenance calories are basically just, so when we know that, okay, to lose fat, at the most simple level, we have to eat fewer calories than we burn. To gain fat, we probably, we have to be eating more calories than we're burning. So maintenance is this place where we're eating the exact same amount of calories that we're burning in a day. The thing here is the amount of calories that you're burning in a day are gonna vary quite a bit. So the amount of calories you're burning in a day are going to basically be dependent on a your current body size and weight the heavier your body is the more calories it is going to burn b how much you are currently eating so food has a thermic effect meaning it burns calories while being digested so again if we're eating more food we're also burning more calories during digestion and protein has the highest thermic effect so if we're eating more protein we're going to be burning more calories versus if we're eating less protein, similarly with carbs to a lesser extent. And then finally, how much you're moving. So are you training today or are you not? Are your steps high today or are your steps low today? Again, this is gonna make a big difference in how many calories you burn per day. So first and foremost, when we're looking at your maintenance calories, like these are some, these are things that are constantly in flux. Now, the goal of a reverse diet isn't to, like, we're not trying to go over your maintenance calories. By definition, if we're over your maintenance calories, then we are going to likely be in a building phase, right? Or maybe you're intentionally trying to gain a bit of fat, but that's typically not the goal of a reverse diet. The goal of a reverse diet is post diet, we're trying to get you back to your previous maintenance intake as quickly as possible. And then we're trying to slowly increase that. So post diet, your metabolism, your hormones are downregulated a bit. So your maintenance plus your body is just smaller and you're eating less. So your maintenance calories post diet, if it was a successful diet, and let's say you lost 20 pounds, let's say that before the diet, your maintenance calories were 2,500 and now maybe they are 2,100 or 2,200. Okay, so the goal is to get you back to that maintenance ASAP and then a couple things happen. First, because you are eating more food than you were at the diet, you're burning more calories through the thermic effect of food. 
Now, as your body senses that you are eating more food, it'll kind of start to take the brakes off of these things that it did before to kind of reduce your energy expenditure because your body doesn't want you expending as much energy when you are eating fewer calories than you're burning, AKA when you're in a calorie deficit. So since your body senses more food coming in, it'll kind of allow you to fidget, pace, and blink more, which will allow you to burn a good amount more calories. You'll just be walking more. Without really thinking about it, you'll do a lot of things that just burn more energy. Plus, you'll have more food in your system when you're training, so you'll be able to push yourself harder when you're training. Um, your body will probably be slightly heavier. You'll have more water weight, more gut content, and if we're building muscle tissue during this time as well, then we're gonna have to be burning a pushing a more dense body through space when we're walking, um, all our knee, our fidgeting, um, all those things, along with our training, right? So all that adds up to more calories burned. So over the course of a reverse diet, Slowly as these positive adaptations happen, the amount of calories we can eat increases more and more and more. Now there is a ceiling to this. Some people, we can ramp this up quite a bit. Some people are hyper responders to reverse dieting, meaning that as we feed them more, they keep just pacing, fidgeting, blinking more and more and more to the point where we can take calories pretty damn high. Other people either A, just have a more fixed metabolism, so we can't ramp that up quite as high, um, I definitely fall in this camp or their lifestyle kind of puts restrictions on this. So like my client Kim comes to mind here. We just took her through a very successful fat loss phase. She just finished her reverse diet and now we're entering a building phase. So for her, we have added, a, she, she maintains a couple cardio sessions per week just because she has a spin bike at home and it's pretty realistic for her to do. But the constraints of her life, she has a couple kids. Plus she has a job where it's just hard to realistically add much more movement. So thus we can't get her steps much over 5,000 steps per day. That's someone who like won't be able to reverse diet super high where, okay, it's eventually the point where we can't keep just ramping up your maintenance because you can't just keep putting on or you can't just keep moving more, right? So we have kind of this upper limit to how much we can ramp up her movement and thus increase her maintenance. So the goal here isn't to, because maintenance calories aren't fixed, the goal here is to bump up your maintenance calories. It's not to go over your maintenance calories, but again, rather increase the amount of calories that you maintain on. All right, final question we have. Prescribing cardio. I want to know everything, how, when, why, and what you're currently doing for your own cardio right now. Super curious about that. All right, so for me currently, I am doing twice a week, I'm doing HIT. So I'm on the assault bike doing eight rounds where i'm doing a 10 second all-out sprint which is absolutely brutal um 50 seconds rest and again i just basically rinse and repeat for eight total rounds so why we're doing this is multifaceted so first and foremost i am in what we call a neuro phase so basically think of this as a strength phase uh, kind of a strength hypertrophy blend it's not like a traditional like a windler 531 um most of my reps are still like four to eight reps but the main thing here is we are trying to facilitate strength gains, right? Basically improve my ability to recruit muscle fibers in the lower rep ranges. So that's when I go transition into more hypertrophy rep ranges, which I'm doing very tomorrow, actually, um, or today if I decide to train today. Um, the goal here is, so that's when I go back to hypertrophy style of training, my body can recruit more muscle fibers per rep and thus stimulate a little bit more muscle growth from all of my sets. Now, along with that, so very much like if we look at your energy systems, what we're trying to progress here is what we call the anaerobic alactic energy system, right? That first 
first 15 to 20 ish seconds of exercise our body is primarily fueled by this energy system it's responsible for the most explosive bouts of training before we would then transition to the anaerobic lactic system and eventually the aerobic system now all these systems are working together at once but it's about like what's the primary system so i'm doing hit to push that system along further right to improve my ability to be a bit more explosive here um, now we're also chasing a little bit of recomp with where I'm at currently. So along with this, this does help increase my calorie burn. So thus I can eat, keep eating more food um, and get leaner, right? Again, like pushing more towards a higher energy flux state. And then finally, this is really going to help with nutrient partitioning. Training like this does help improve our body's ability to basically shuttle carbohydrates to muscles very interesting and this is something i'm just learning more and more about as of late and also starting to implement more with our clients and again this means that when i go back to hypertrophy style of training okay my body's going to be more efficient at partitioning nutrients i should be able to get better pumps um i should be better fueled during each of my sets so super interesting concepts um again like typically when it comes to hit as of now i would typically just pair that with a neural phase it's not something that I program a ton outside of that or for a client who just had super limited time um, and we determined that like, hey, straight up the only way like we need you to get more movement in order to be eating enough to adequately push yourself in your training and fully recover. But we don't have enough time to add in like two 20 minute aerobic sessions. So that is what I'm doing currently and why. And that is all I have for you guys for today. Now, before I let you guys go, I wanted to remind you of our online coaching service. Everything that we do is 100% tailored to you to help you achieve your best physique ever through the science-based strategies like we discussed in this podcast. So if you're interested in coaching, just hit the link in the show notes to apply to work with our team. And that is all I have for you guys for today. As always, thank you for tuning in.